Welcome to the Stop Down Photography Podcast, episode 23. I'm your host, Scott Davenport, and today's topic is four mistakes I try to avoid. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with me. I hope you're doing well. I've had a good week continuing to find health and safety, and maybe even working a little photography into your week. Uh, my trips outside are starting to grow a little more. Not as extended as they were, but, but we're getting there. Baby steps. Today we're going to talk about mistakes. These are mistakes that I have made. I'm sure I will make again with my photography. There's four that I want to talk about. You might say, wow, four, only four, Scott? Well, that's that's great. Well, no, of course not. I make tons of mistakes daily and not just with photography, but that's a, probably a different podcast. The four mistakes I want to talk about are broader in scope. These are things that I think affect the artistic pursuit. So I'm not talking about things like you forget to reset your ISO or you leave the camera in JPEG mode and do an entire shoot and don't have raw photos, you know, not stuff like that. These are mistakes and maybe maybe they're more like trappings, you know, pitfalls that we can encounter again and again. So I want to talk about them, highlight them, and make you aware of them because there are things that I try to continually make myself aware of so that I can keep growing my art. After listening to my list of four mistakes, if you've got one to add, please leave a comment on stopdownpodcast.com. If you want to keep it private, you can use the contact form on the site and send a message directly to me. Also, if you enjoy today's podcast, please tell your friends on social media, share it with your camera club, and if you can, please give a rating on Apple Podcasts. That really helps others find the show. All right, so let's get into it. Four mistakes that I try to avoid. Number one, settling for the walk-up shot. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You arrive at a location, you've always wanted to visit, you've always wanted to photograph, and there's a viewing platform or a well-trodden path or a pullout on the road. You march right up, you stand where every other person has stood, and you just start firing away. Yep, my hand's up. I've done that. I'm sure I'll do it again. We get excited, and we want to start capturing straight away, filling our memory cards. But here's the thing. The walk-up shot is, by and large... A snapshot. I still take that shot. If you listen to episode two, way back at the beginning of this podcast about making memories, there's more thoughts about capturing the snapshot. There's value in that. The mistake that I try to avoid is settling for just that shot alone. I need to remind myself, walk around, look around first, and not looking through the EVF or the viewfinder. Zoom with your feet explore the space. And chances are, I'll find equally interesting photographs beyond just the walk-up shot. Now, I will say there are a few places where everyone does get the same shot. The It's maybe not the walk-up shot, but it is the shot for a location. I'm thinking in particular of McWay Falls and the Big Sur area. There is a well-trodden path and wooden platform, and there is maybe a six to eight foot area that gives the angle on the falls, the ocean, the beach down there. 
and it's been captured in every situation that you can imagine, every lighting condition, every weather condition, and that's okay. You take those, you bank the walk up, but then look around, do something else. Maybe the photograph becomes not of the place, but of all the other things in the place, like a whole bunch of other photographers all crowded around because that's really what's going on behind the scenes. So there are always opportunities to find. And even if I don't succeed in getting something beyond the walk-up, at least I tried and I tried to push artistically. And that's the takeaway for me. That's the mistake I try to avoid. Don't settle for the walk-up shot. Try to push through. Try to do something a little different. Even if you fail, you try. Mistake number two, dismissing things without thinking about them. So let me start into this one with a truth for me. I chuckle when I see articles or blog posts or videos that tout the best camera for dot 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 or the ultimate lens or the last tool you'll ever need those titles immediately turn me off. I know it's clickbait and I generally skip over it because they're false claims. There is no best. Every camera, filter, tripod, lighting kit, camera bag, processing tool, they have good and they have bad. And they'll continue to change and get better. If we ever had an ultimate or a best, well, that's when innovation stops and we would not need to have another camera. That's because advances happen all the time. And this is the trap that I try to avoid. This is the mistake. It's worthwhile to look at the industry, learn about the advances, spend measured thought learning about new gear, new techniques, just new trends or the general zeitgeist of the industry. I need to buck my natural tendency to gloss over the shiny new whiz-bang thing and pay a little attention to it. At least spend a few minutes understanding what I'm looking at. Why do I or don't I connect with it? It's fine that certain things don't apply to me or they don't resonate with me. If you haven't listened to episode 13, What Bruce Lee Taught Me About Photography, have a listen to that. But the mistake that I try to avoid is not poking my head up once in a while and looking around. I'll still let my artistic goals and needs drive my choices. And so while there isn't a best for overall photography, you know, those articles, best camera, best lens, best tripod, but there is the concept of what's best for me and what's best for me right now. And that mistake is forgetting that right now is temporary. I change, the industry changes from time to time. I have to take stock of that because there may be something there that will spark some creativity or help me advance my art. Mistake number three, the third mistake I try to avoid is overcommitting. And this one, I have to say, is tough for me. Just trying to do too much when time is finite, life is busy. When I overcommit, my photography and my creativity suffers. And this cuts two ways. You know, one area I can overcommit is just with photography itself. So uh, in my case, for example, 
I'm a photo educator, so my work is often driven by a project, a new training course, or a book project. It's going to take a chunk of time, it usually has a deadline, and it's not particularly easy to put creativity on a time clock. And you can't sit down and say, all right, from 9 to 9.45 today, I'll be extra creative. You know, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. The new projects also have to compete with anything that's ongoing, like long-term sustained projects. Using examples for me, I produce three YouTube videos a week, you know, post-processing tips, field videos, camera technique, reviews, whatever it may be. There's also this podcast, another weekly endeavor that I choose to produce and take on. And of course, I enjoy these things. I wouldn't do them otherwise, but they do take time. And there is a finite amount of time that can be dedicated to photography. Thinking back to when I first started in photography, a different kind of overcommittal, at least how I found it, was trying to do a 365 project, you know, a photo a day. Well, that should be pretty easy, right? Take a photo a day, no big deal. And I learned firsthand why so many 365 projects fail. Making a creative photograph every day of the year is hard, especially when you don't make sure you've carved out time to dedicate to it. You can't just slip in a creative photo every day. It's not as easy as it seems. A 52 project, one a week, that was more my speed. Now, 52 was something where I could be a little more measured about it. And it was the right balance of pressure to produce something, which is you know, it's good to have that kind of motivation, versus the time to invest in it and do it right. Now, of course, the other arena we can overcommit, at least I can for sure, is just life in general. You know, maybe you can relate. You know, in addition to being a photographer, I'm a husband, I'm a parent. For you, maybe you have other family commitments or you're active in your local community. You've got a side hustle that takes time, whatever it may be. We're also people that need sleep. We need to exercise. Sometimes we just need to vegetate and zone out and recharge. When I get overcommitted, I get burned out and creativity suffers. You might know the feeling. You reach the end of a hectic, stressful day and there is just no energy to spin up your creative mind. And that brings me to a couple of things I do that keep creativity in my daily routine as well as checks and balances to not be overcommitted. So for creativity, I like to do those things as early in the day as possible. Sometimes before anyone else in the family is up and awake, maybe it's an actual photo outing, or maybe it's just reading articles about photography, listening to a podcast, working on a personal photo project, just some amount of time that can stir the creative part of my brain. And I find doing that in the mornings, if I do that first, I don't run the risk of missing out toward the end of the day if I've run too ragged. And sometimes that even plants a seed where I'm excited the end of the day arrives. And I know I've got another chunk of time that I can have to do whatever I want. Skip the veggie time, skip the TV show, and work on this thing I got excited about in the morning. The check and balance for new projects to not take on too much is either a current project has been completed and I'm ready to take on another, or I'm willing to drop something else 
And that can be a difficult choice sometimes. Now, I want to caveat this with personal long-term projects. I think actually having several of those going at the same time as like background things, that's good. There's no time limit. There's no deadline. You can float among and between them. And that can help your creativity long-term. That's a topic for another podcast, I think. Mental note, uh, just added to my background project of generating ideas for this podcast. So that's a good one. I'll have to come back to that. Anyhow, being overcommitted is a mistake I try to avoid because your creativity suffers if you're just burnt out. And that brings us to number four, the last on the list. The fourth mistake I try to avoid is valuing technical execution over a truly emotive image. So let me unpack this a little bit more. The technical execution, I'm talking here about a great exposure, shadows, highlights, midtones. It's all there. It's all balanced. The focus is tack sharp. The perfect depth of field choice. Composition is spot on. Subject on a third. No distracting elements. Photo is processed beautifully color corrected to perfection, all of that, and the photo still falls flat. It's just boring. Measure that against an image that makes a connection with a viewer, something that evokes an immediate and a strong feeling. It could be the I want to go there reaction, like we see with travel photos or exotic places. It makes you want to visit somewhere or learn more about it. Or it's a, I've never seen a subject like that before. Yeah, unusual angle or a macro shot. Or photos of people always stir up our emotions. The way to look on their faces, their gestures. Photos of nature that inspire or calm us. Those photos that just stop us for at least a second or two and really grab our attention and stir something up. And even if those types of photos, those ones that emote something to us. They're maybe a little soft at the corners. Maybe they're not perfectly exposed, but they're stronger photos. And those are the images that stick with us. So photos that are imperfect from a technical point of view can still be images of higher quality. So seeking out and valuing emotive images is a goal for me. I don't always achieve it. I argue quite successfully argue, I imagine, that I miss that target all the time. But when I think about the photos we consider great of the last 50 years, 100 years, the large majority of them, if not all of them, were created with gear that is far less technically capable than the cameras we have today. I'd say even in most cases, the phone you have in your pocket. The thing is, Getting a technically strong image is easier and easier as each camera iteration comes along. The technology improves every year. It's more dynamic range, more lens resolution, image stabilization, AI processing, computational photography. Our cameras and our tools are doing more and more of the heavy lifting for us to master the technical execution. Emotive images are left to us, the photographers. So while I strive to have good, if not great, technical execution on my photos, what I really want to get is an emotive image, something that will connect with my viewer, make them feel something. And if I can put the two together, then you've really, really got a strong photo. 
I'll close out this mistake, this thought, with a quote from Ansel Adams. There is nothing worse than a sharp image of a fuzzy concept. So what about you? What are mistakes that you try to avoid with your photography? Those things that if you can avoid misstepping, help advance your art and your craft. I'd like to hear from you. You can leave a comment on the show over at stopdownpodcast.com. And again, if you want to keep it private, you can use the contact form on the website as well. The messages come directly to me. As I close out today's show, thanks again to the supporters on Patreon. It is your support that makes this podcast possible. If you're interested in learning more about the Patreon community, check the show notes. And there's a support the show button on all pages of stopdownpodcast.com where you can learn more. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Mistakes happen. It's part of photography. It's part of life. But it's good that we can recognize when we're making a mistake, or at least the patterns that might lead us to making a mistake. Because every once in a while, we catch ourselves, we avoid the mistake, and our artwork is better for it. If you enjoyed the show, again, if you can tell a friend, rate and review on Apple Podcasts, would really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to being back next week with another topic. And until then, my name is Scott Davenport. Have fun. Mm -hmm.